0: This is Tyler Vaughn with another episode of Between the Post, where we talk all things goalkeeping and really soccer related in general. So, as most of you guys know, our main focus here between the post is always to deliver information, education, and inspiration to help you be the best coach, player, parent, or fan you can be. So let's go ahead and kick it off. you know, what are, what What would you tell young goalkeepers if, you know, you can go back in time and avoid some of the mistakes that you made, and, you know, honestly, it's one of those things that, unfortunately, with, with the experience, really comes that, that knowledge, that gain knowledge, and, you know, I think that, unfortunately, there is no secret sauce to the actual experience that goalkeepers get and gain over time, and, you know, just certain aspects of goalkeeping. Frankly, you're not going to be able to master them until you've failed a few times. You know, there's all the quotes that are out there. Um, you know, every time you make a mistake is an opportunity, essentially, to improve yourself and get better. And as long as you don't make that same mistake two and three times, uh, you're growing. So, you know, it's a tricky thing when parents ask me, "Hey, you know, what's what's something I can have old, old Johnny here work on um, to become a better goalkeeper?" And frankly, there's really no secret to it other than just simply hard work. But today, uh, with that being said, we're going to try to tackle, you know, if we had to to look at goalkeepers as a whole from the youth level, kind of on the de- developmental side, you know, we wanted to introduce, you know, five simple rules that every youth goalkeeper really needs to know, or at least needs to focus on, you know, and this is coming from, from a lot of conversations with other goalkeepers, conversations with coaches, um, you know, so many times, obviously, on this podcast, we don't really... Only take the perspective of a goalkeeper or a goalkeeper-specific coach. We take the the perspective of soccer players, um, and, and we always want to look at the impact that the goalkeeper has on the unit, uh, which is the team. And so many coaches out there, you know, are struggling with how do I integrate our goalkeepers into my eleven aside training session or seven v seven training session or whatever it might be. Uh, goalkeeper tends to be this, you know, position of um, such confusion and. And such a, uh, you know, a, a unique perspective that unless you've played it or walked in the shoes of a keeper, frankly, you can't wrap your head around it. In reality, you know, it kind of boils down to a few of the same things that you think through when you're planning a session for, for your actual soccer players, uh, your field players. But nonetheless, today we're hoping to to, to offer a bit of perspective, um, whether it's for a coach looking to to hone in on how you're coaching that goalkeeper on your team even if you've never played the position or if you're a volunteer and you have no clue about soccer in general that's that's fine right lead with your passion but you know for all of us coaches out there we understand the goalkeeping position and that craft is such a unique one so here are kind of our five rules every youth keeper needs to know now listen i completely understand there's going to be many people who probably disagree with me on this but just to be clear we're just taking it from the developmental side, right? If we could have five things that any young goalkeeper could do on a daily basis from, you know, all the years I've spent working with keepers and and all the years i spent in this position uh, making these same mistakes, obviously, too. So, you know, we wanted to offer this up. So kind of number one here, catch with the fingertips. You know, I guess this is someone on the other end of this is, is thinking, oh, my gosh, you know, I had that keeper this past weekend where um, – Every time they were they were taking a shot, it looked like they had bricks on their hands because it was just a rebound machine, you know. And, and I joke with the young keepers that I work with all the time, and it's it's a joke, but there's seriousness in it too, right? You know, to try to connect with these kids, whether they're having a laugh at themselves through the through the growing process, I think that's a positive thing. But you know, catching with those fingertips is such a really critical developmental piece for young goalkeepers. You know, I I always look at keepers out there and and going through the examples, you know, we always, we always kind of start with the technique, right? What the fingers need to look like. Uh, Are they flat like a a wall or are they curved uh, and kind of pre-arched forward, right? You know, and it's that breakdown, the technical breakdown of what you're physically doing, kind of leading with those fingers. But, you know, more than anything, we go through that very simple catching exercise, right? where I really tell the keepers, you know, hey, listen, all right, hands flat, think about it this way visually, kind of where your palms are actually the first thing the ball is going to come into contact with. And we go through the exercise and say, hey, you know, can, can you catch the ball this way? Boom, of course, smacks off their hands, makes a loud clapping noise, um, and we've got a bunch of giggling depending on the age of the kids you're working with usually. But, um, you know, I think it's critical that we break it down and we tell these These young players that are seeing so many of these professionals on TV that, hey, listen, your job, when at all possible, is to get that ball in your hands. You know, there's a difference between um, De Gea uh, out there taking shots at 90 miles an hour from point blank range, parrying the ball to the side or blocking it away from the frame than a goalkeeper that in reality uh, could be catching the ball and helping their team get out of a pressure situation. Uh, and then build the attack. So we go through that, you know, that we have that discussion around, listen, just because you see it on TV is not necessarily what we want you to developmentally be doing out there um, on your 7v7, 11v11, whatever age you are. Uh, A goalkeeper's hands are by far their biggest, biggest, and most, uh, or their strongest advantage, I guess. Um, So we talk about that exercise, you know, I have them first start smacking the ball off their palms, and, you know, you ask them, well, how'd that feel right could you control the ball and obviously the answer is no uh, and then we talk about the fact that well listen if you're trying to catch the ball with your fingertips you know it's going to have this pure sound of, of almost silence to it right And we have a controlled environment tossing the ball back and forth and we really look at that all right catch the ball with your fingertips you know a lot of goalkeepers who are doing it right they're not necessarily going to have a lot of sound, which that's exactly what you want, right? There's such a big difference between clapping it with your palms, losing control completely, and then a nice, firm, calm catch with the fingertips. So, you know, that's kind of the, the, the number one thing is we look at technique is such a critical element of goalkeepers, right? Uh, and we'll talk about this in kind of number three with footwork, but you know, I think this is one of the things that if we can really encourage players that are in this digital age where they're looking at 30-second highlight reels of keepers at the professional level parrying the ball over, around, up, down, and away from goal but not catching it, we have to try to connect with them in the fact that that's just not necessarily the same environment that they're performing in on a daily basis. You know, A lot of parents will cheer, and that's not a, a negative to parents, but you know, anytime the keeper is blocking the ball and it's not going to the goal, you know, that's a victory, right? Think about the same perspective from our field players that, you know, we've all coached teams that are uh, coached against teams rather that instead of playing the ball across the ground under control, they're just playing that long ball playing direct. And I talk to, to coaches all the time uh, about that particular mentality. And, you know, you have the parents on the sidelines that are, you know, obviously always kind of celebrating the success, I guess, is the easiest way to put it. But, you know, just because the ball goes high and long, doesn't necessarily mean that's worth that's, uh, you know applause I guess. so we're constantly in this age as, as coaches and keepers that we're trying to to really reconnect our players with the fundamentals right and this I think catching with the fingertips number one is, is one that I see far too often and keepers that have the capacity and the skill set but uh, you know maybe they just don't have the direction. so I would reinforce this one and then the second one is use your voice. I think that you know from the the different levels of of players and developmental levels and and then age levels uh, not always age but but just the different levels of soccer out there you know you see kids who can communicate um and they find success in that communication uh I think that you know as a coach of of uh anywhere from from the U12 level all the way up to the U18 U19 levels uh, and even some collegiate, you know, I've I've been around so many players who not only are they phenomenal with the ball at their feet, but it's the work they do off the ball and the work they do with their voice, how they communicate to players, whether it's defensively, um, whether whether uh, as a part of the attack, uh, organizationally, you know, whatever it might be that, that we find so many goalkeepers lacking in this area. Uh, it's it's much more than just calling keeper when you're going out for a high ball on a cross. Uh, trust me, uh, that will help, I assure you. But you know, it's one of those things that you have to reaffirm it with your team. Uh, a, a lot of times I was with some goalkeepers this past season, and when they're with me, you know, they're out there, we're working on uh, communication and setting up scenarios and encouraging them to, to try to work on the organizational aspects, uh, obviously talking about calling calling for the ball whenever they're going out. And then furthermore, when they're not going uh, to collect the ball as well, communicating right away, uh, clear step up, simple things like that, little one-word uh, bits of communication, and and you know I felt as the coach so confident in the players, so confident in the goalkeepers. You know I'm looking at them in training sessions and I'm thinking, man, these kids are awesome. They're doing phenomenal. They're they're responding. They're doing exactly what I ask. You know, and and I'm I'm super pumped about that. But then I go to the coaches and I'm thinking, hey, how this. How the game's been, you know, and, uh, you know, go out and watch a, a couple goalkeepers out in the game situation and all of a sudden it's night and day difference, right? And what I've tended to find in these circumstances and scenarios are that a lot of these goalkeepers, they weren't taking that, that training and reinforcing it and really reaffirming the fact that they're going to use their voice with their teammates, Right? It's not that they weren't doing it as much as that their teammates weren't used to responding to it. You know, and so many times as keepers, if we're not doing things consistently, we put our teammates in front of us in a position of, of uh, less than clarity, right of uh, a lack of confidence potentially in the goalkeeper itself. You know So I saw that and we kind of addressed it at the next couple training sessions. you know, hey guys, uh, gals, consistency is key here with communication. You have to train. Uh, your defensive back. So you have to to train your back line, your midfielders, and your teammates to know the specific forms of communication and or phrases you're going to use, whether it's simply step up, shift left, right, whatever it might be. They have to be trained themselves to respond to that, to trust in the fact that when you call goalkeeper, that you're going to come out and collect the ball no matter what. Um, So I found that to be one of the things that, you know, when you look at developmental goalkeeper's just shouting goalkeeper when they're going up for a high ball in a training session is a, it, it is a step in the right direction. It is a positive for sure, but we want to ensure that these keepers go and they take that confidence into their training sessions and ensure the players around them understand what's to be expected. So, you know, communicating and using your voice. I think the sooner we can start our young goalkeepers and communicating, not just screaming and yelling. Sometimes that's perceived as a positive thing, but it's really communicating. You know, I think that that's going to help uh, not only the keeper develop, but obviously the players around them uh, more critically develop as well. Uh, the third one here we've got is just sound footwork. You know, th- there's not enough time to go into this, and more more than anything, this is a visual, uh, so it's not as suitable necessarily for just this this podcast episode, but. Sound footwork—you find this at so many different levels. Keepers being successful and obviously not successful in their footwork, and how quickly and efficiently they can move from one post to another. You know, I would highly suggest, and I know we'll be putting some videos out there, training session-oriented videos here soon. But you know, I'd highly suggest so many goalkeepers, whether you're a coach that's not familiar with with goalkeeping, or whether you're a goalkeeping coach looking to reinforce something in your next session. You know, I mean, I I know that there's so many keepers out there and coaches out there that are. You know, this is, this is like the, the, the ringing bell inside their head, constantly working and fighting with players to try to get them to move appropriately, you know, to where they look like uh, they're under control versus uh, some form of the salsa that just doesn't make sense. Um, you know, I think that, I think that this has got to be such a critical aspect that we really enforce, you know, with keepers that are at the point developmentally, mentally, and, uh, you know, emotionally to handle it, Right. You know, I don't think we're out here doing this necessarily with two, three, four, and five-year-olds, but nonetheless, it's probably more based on the skill level of the player. Um, but moving across the goal with that technique has got to be one of the ones that we look at goalkeeping and we say, how can we how can we get these kids to efficiently cover their space? You know, anytime you want to enforce this with a goalkeeper is you turn them, step them out to the six, to the PK marker, the eighteen, wherever it might be. And turn and look at that goal and put somebody similar to their size in that goal. And you just simply tell them, listen, always, for as long as you play this position, you will always be the smaller object in front of net, right? So I think that if we can visually get these kids to understand, hey, listen, that goal will always be larger than I am. There will always be more space that I'm covering and having to worry about than just where I'm standing. Right, and I find visually if you can connect them with the fact that listen, this is to my advantage to move appropriately to not cross my ankles across like I'm doing some crazy uh, speed ladder speed and agility exercise. You know, I think if you can get these kids to visually connect, uh, so many young players need that visual reinforcement. Uh, as you all know, you know, get them to connect and say, listen, hey, to my advantage, it's to move appropriately in the goal. It's to constantly. Um, understand where I am right so that footwork leads me into kind of the next one that that fourth one is is awareness as soon as we can get players to be aware of where they are in their space whether it's the six or the 18 their area the better and then furthermore you know look at that on a microcosm a little bit under a microscope here and we talk about all right well if you're You're dealing with a cross on the left side. Where's my awareness? Where are the players around me? And, you know, there's a lot of exercises and drills that you can get kids to go through, uh, very non-contact-oriented drills. You know, I see them all the time. And you're looking out on YouTube and you're looking out on any any type of um, soccer-related websites. You know, you're talking about collecting crosses. There's some element of this where you're just getting kids comfortable with going out and collecting the ball through traffic. You know, listen, one of the easiest things I ever saw another another coach do uh, when I was at one of the last uh, coaching conventions, you know, he, he reinforced through the use of cones with younger players, and you think about it, it's kind of like this, um, I forget the exact analogy he used, but I think it was something like the cones are lava, fire, or something, right? You know, little kids dig it, uh, which is awesome, but we talked about the fact that, all right, these cones, these cones represent fire, don't touch them, you know, and it's, it's not that we're getting kids not aware and or not used to to the contact. That wasn't the point that he was enforcing, but the, the reinforcement was the awareness piece, right? Take a look at where the cones representing players potentially. look at where these cones are. And then make sure that as you're working through the cones that you're thinking, all right, so you know I've got to navigate this carefully and all the while reinforcing. Right, my awareness of where is the ball in this exercise. Even if the ball is being tossed in, the ball is being flighted in, whatever the level of your players is, you know, I love that little exercise. It works so well with youth keepers. Even at, you know, I've even done it up to you know with, with um, you know speed poles. You, you can use the same philosophy, but you can do it up to uh, even players that are you know into their into their teen years, you know, and you can just frame it a little differently. But it's a phenomenal exercise to get players aware. Um, there's different levels to this for sure, but I would encourage you as as often as you can, especially if you're a coach, you know not as familiar with the goalkeeping position, just encourage your keepers to have that head on a swivel. You know we're already telling it to all of our field players because it's just as applicable. but I'd say even more so with goalkeepers that are constantly looking at the ball. Um, sometimes we have to rely on our awareness of the goal itself through training. Not something necessarily that that anyone is born with from a skill set. I think even the best players in the world, uh, the greatest players of all time, had to become aware of the space through training, right? So we'll leave that up to to the goalkeeper coaches, um, to those coaches that are comfortable with it, you know, to encourage those players to really become aware of where the left and the right post are uh, but I'd say for sure, uh, for a lot of the coaches out there, parents as well, if you're listening, really encourage that goalkeeper of yours to be aware of the space around them, to be aware of the players. And through that communication piece as well, remember, um, I think that awareness and the communication can kind of mesh well together, uh, obviously with the footwork. So I know it seems a little sneaky that I'm sliding all this in there, but really, frankly, all this stuff works together. Um, so, you know, the last one that I wanted to talk about is, just protection, uh, protection, not necessarily talking finger saves, nothing like that, but protection as a goalkeeper makes saves, right? The most famous one, uh, the story that all of us goalkeeper coaches who played and, you know, at one point were a little bit, a little bit more agile than maybe we are right now. You know, we always use the example of, you know, you go up for a high ball, you put your knee through the attacker and that's the last time anyone touched you for the next 89 minutes, right? And um, We make it sound a lot cooler than it maybe potentially was, but I guess that's how memories memories tend to kind of go for us. But um, now I guess we're talking co-ed league, third division, just hoping that we don't get touched in goal, but uh, but no. But no, in all seriousness, you, you know, protection is such a, a critical piece, and I'm going to offer a bit of a perspective that you might not necessarily have anticipated with this. Yes, we have to get keepers comfortable with going up and protecting themselves in a high ball situation, you know, thinking about – um the footwork the awareness all these things they they go hand in hand we have to get keepers you know comfortable with protecting themselves when they're going down for a collapse save on the left the right when they're diving left right whatever it might be you know those are things that we all acknowledge are incredibly important for our goalkeepers in terms of protecting themselves during play um i would definitely encourage uh coaches of any level and coaches of goalkeepers and or non-goalkeepers obviously I know a lot of goalkeeping coaches you're already going to be doing this stuff but for our our non-goalkeeper specific coaches or volunteers out there really encourage them to to protect themselves you know and it's it is it is very true you know you, you go into a tackle with a goalkeeper one time as a forward And if you end up on the wrong side of that challenge, my guess is for the rest of the game, you're not going to come within 10 yards of a goalkeeper. So it does set the tone. Now, there's probably a certain level of player that that's applicable to, maybe not necessarily our eight year olds. But, um, you know, we want them to come with confidence while protecting themselves, for sure. But with all those things being said, you know, the protection I'm kind of referring to is actually a little bit more than just the technical side. What I want to see. Well, what I, what i hope to see from coaches especially the, the the coaches of field players you know the non-specific goalkeeping coaches i really hope seeing you encourage your goalkeepers to make great saves and to really work hard in training sessions um, like they would in the game right you know so many so many young players and, and i'll touch on it in a second but so many young players i watch them in their training sessions right when they're not with me you know I, I see them go back to their teams and it's all of a sudden you think, and, and, and I know so many coaches are, are out there thinking he's going to say exactly what happens to me every single day, every week. You know, but you see your kids working with you for a solid hour, doing all the things perfect that you would expect of them as kids and players and young players, right? Uh, and then you see them go back to their teams, and it's like, well, wait a second. You were perfect with me for the last 35, 45 hour, and then now you're going back to your field player session, your, your, your actual team session, and you'd think you'd never play goalkeeper a day in your life. So I think that this is one of those things that, you know, um, I really encourage coaches that are – the team coaches to put your players in a situation where they can really get the most out of their session as well while protecting themselves, doing the technique, using the technique. But but more so putting them out there to get used to hitting the ground with players around them, you know, getting used to that 50-50 ball, right, Uh, coming out – collecting a cross in the middle of a game, in the middle of a training session, whatever it might be. You know, so many times I see so many goalkeepers that are just not confident. They're not comfortable with it when it comes to game time because they haven't experienced it during a training session. So I know, again, I was a little bit sneaky with uh, the term protection here. Yes, does it fall on the players and the coaches' uh, combined efforts to to teach the technique that is required to protect themselves, to dive correctly so that, frankly, they're not hurting themselves without anyone around, um, you know protection during training is as much about learning how to do it the right way as it is about being aware of what you're doing but um you know I think my my intent here was literally to make sure that we as coaches um you know we're putting these kids in in situations and environments that do simulate the game um I see a lot of kids and a lot of players I've seen over time and also that I've played alongside that have gone out uh they've collected um they've collected across or gone for a 50-50 in a game they're not used to the fact that there's someone actually truly going 100 miles an hour trying to to win the ball in the air you know and they get that that uh that knock they get that bump they get whatever it is it disorients them or frankly it potentially hurts them and then all of a sudden you look at the coach who's who's taking a, a glance down his down his bench trying to figure out uh which which victim gets to go in gold next right You know, so I think that we as coaches share a lot of this burden that we have to make sure we're putting these players in positions during our training sessions, safe positions, of course. You know, and it it might beg the the conversation, uh, depending on the level of players that you're working with and the age, um, you know, it might might justify a conversation with the team prior to, to whatever drill, whatever exercise you're talking about and you're working on. You know, hey, listen, we're not out here to hurt each other. We're out here to train hard. Physically, yes, but of course, being aware of our teammates. But I think that, you know, if you can balance that control aspect to where everybody's playing, you know, uh, to 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 their game level, their game potential. You know, that's what we seek to do all the time as, as coaches out here, as we try to simulate the game in our training sessions. But, you know, I think we're affording the the goalkeeper specifically the opportunity to get to get physical, to 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 work on the awareness, to work on navigating through traffic, to work on, you know, going up for a 50-50 and having another player go up for it as well and, and getting thrown off their balance and getting bumped into. I think that that's something that, you know, you're only going to see the the improvements and the confidence level and the, you know, their ability to withstand tackles because they're actually used to that fact from their training session. So, I changed up protection a little bit. Technique is critical. Don't get me wrong, please. I'm not overlooking that. But I think that as coaches, I find that so many times we're putting players in this glass box inside of their area and we're saying, all right, they're a goalkeeper. They can use their hands. You know, it's like freeze tech, right? Everybody stays away from them. But yet when we get into a game, that's just not the case. So, you know, I think that's just a little bit of encouragement there. Um, I know I broke a little bit from the five rules every youth keeper needs to know, but I mean the protection piece, I think we, we share a little bit as coaches and adults out there. We share a little bit of that, uh, um, that responsibility on having our kids protect themselves in the games and, and in their training sessions, but really quickly. So we're going to recap. So we talked about, uh, catching with the fingertips, obviously, you know, loads of exercises and drills out there. Frankly, kids can be doing this at home and we encourage that for sure. Um, This is an exercise that, you know, assuming they're not breaking mom and dad's new flat screen TV on the wall. But I mean, this is really an exercise bouncing it on on a hard surface on a pay on, you know, pavement out in the driveway. You can work on this. So it's real simple. But catching with the fingertips, I think you're going to see a massive impact in your goalkeepers confidence level if they start to use the proper technique using your voice. Uh, communicating, not screaming. You know, there's a big difference there. You know, that's coaches are are on a pedestal out there yelling, don't, you know, don't, don't just yell at each other, communicate instructions. And I think that for a goalkeeper could be one of their, other than their hands and their ability to use their hands and um, move about the goal. I think using your voice to communicate instructions is definitely one of the, one of the largest advantages that we could, we can offer as goalkeepers. Um, uh, Then the next one was, uh, the sound footwork, but you know, talking about how do you move across your your, your mouth, your goal. How do you move in your area appropriately? Uh, then we went into awareness, so so knowing where you are at all times, knowing where the ball is at all times. That that's kind of like a ha 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 moment, right? But you know, the, those of you. You guys and gals out there that have worked with kids forever, uh, you know, that awareness isn't always their their forte as we develop them. But, uh, you know, I think awareness as keepers is essential for your success, knowing where the ball is and, frankly, knowing where the goal is. You can have the best save in the world. You're standing inside of that line, inside of that goal mouth. You know, it, it still goes down as a goal. So, I mean, I think that's one of the things that you can have a bit of fun with it, but really try to get your kids aware of where they are in the goal. And then the last one we touched on, protection. You know, technical protection goalkeeping comes down to you know proper technique, diving, becoming used to it. You can get really, really hurt out there as a keeper if you're not hitting that ground uh, appropriately. So that's kind of on the coaches, the players to really reinforce that. But the one I wanted to touch on that's a little bit different um, is is from the coaching perspective of how, you know how we're setting our kids up to be to be comfortable. You know, kind of getting bumped knocked around, hitting the ground in certain circumstances and situations that, you know, in a training session, that's only going to protect them in the games, you know, where the stakes are so much higher. So hopefully this has been a great few minutes for me. um, I always really enjoy trying to communicate things that, you know, as a coach or as a player, I've probably screwed up more times than I can. I can definitely or or am willing to admit, but uh, you know, that's the point of these podcasts is that we're trying to just pass along information, confidence, education, whatever it might be, right? You know, as, as coaches out there, so many times we feel like we're isolated, we're on an island, you might think, Well, you know, I volunteered, but I don't have a clue what I'm doing or or as a, a coach of, you know, who knows, thirty years, you know, you hear something new in this, even if it's one thing and you take it back and it impacts a player's life and a player's career. You know, that's what this is all about. We're always looking for you know, new topics to, to chat about. We'll, we'll constantly have guests on the show. And, um, and then obviously if you guys have any specific questions, uh, we'd love to hear. So, uh, reach out to us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. Uh, we're always doing some crazy giveaways and some fun, uh, some fun posts and, uh, or at least we think they're fun. Hopefully everyone else does too, but, uh, hey, you know, if you've got a great idea of another podcast or another show or, hey, potentially want to be a guest and want to chat goalkeeping uh, or anything in between, as long as it's uh, soccer-related, I presume, um, then, yeah, we'd love to hear from you. So uh, look forward to the next opportunity to to try to throw some ideas you guys' way and, and always being willing to, to hear what's working and what's not working and uh, talking about it.